Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Our very special guest, Jenny Waldo, combines her experience as a documentarian and a scripted narrative filmmaker to produce content that speaks to the human experience. She's a producer, writer, director, film educator, and accomplished crowdfunder. Her film credits include her recent feature film, Dictorial Debut, Acid Test, which premiered at the Austin Film Festival and was a 2023 nominee for Best Texas Independent Film by the Houston Film Critics Association. The feature film was adopted from her award-winning favorite short film of the same name. Past credits include associate producing the indie feature, The Preacher's Daughter, which sold to Lifetime, and the STARS feature documentary, The Cutting Edge, The Magic of Movie Editing, among various shorts and educational series and several music videos. A graduate of USC's School of Cinematic Arts with an MFA in film production, Jenny is in development on her next feature, Martha's Mustang, which was selected as a Nicole Fellowship quarter finalist, garnered a development grant from the city of Houston, and was selected for several development labs, including the Stowe Story Narrative Lab. And Carol, I believe that Jenny is fiscally sponsored by From the Heart for her film Acid Test and her new film, Martha's Mustang, right? Right, Claire. We're so excited to work with her on this new film because Jenny is a brilliant filmmaker. And thank you for joining us, Jenny. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, there's so many things we want to cover today. We want to learn about making and distributing your first feature, Acid Test, and then we want to know uh, how you're using what you learned on that film for the new feature, Martha's Mustang, and uh, how you got so good at crowdfunding, so good (laughs) that, in fact, you're teaching it and mentoring people with that now. So let's get started with some of the things you learned while you were producing Acid Test that you can share with us. Yeah, Acid Test was a a small feature film in terms of uh, the budget. It was a micro budget, but it was really uh, something accomplished through the community that I had built here in, I'm based in Houston, Texas. And that's one of the things that I've really, that I think many people discover about crowdfunding that I feel is really important is that it allows you to tap into your crowd and connect with your audience directly and to build your audience and build your community. And so it really gives a different feel to making the films and producing the content because you really feel 
that you're all in it together. And so I ended up crowdfunding for Acetest a few times because it started out as a short film and we needed help funding for that. And then uh, we fundraised with From the Heart as our fiscal sponsor for the feature film. And it was really by that time that I, the short film crowdfunding really helped us get in touch with the people who could benefit from making a donation to From the Heart in order to help produce and fund our feature film version of Acid Test. And so those are some of the things that I'm taking with me with my new feature film because my new feature film is also a community story. Martha's Mustang is about a woman. It's based on a true story out of Baytown, Texas, about a woman who owned an auto body shop in the 90s. And she got in trouble with the city over this hot pink uh, Mustang car that she had refurbished uh, from the junkyard and put out front as part of her shop sign. But the city is calling it a violation of the junk car ordinance. And so she sues the city. And then the city takes sides and it becomes this big circus, you know. And, you know, Martha is still alive. The people involved in this fight, many of them are still around. And so tapping into that community, I think, especially as independent filmmakers, is probably the one superpower that we have uh, in addition to being able to try and control as much as possible um, the, the safety and security and the, and the respect on set. Um, and so those are some of the things that I try and cultivate uh, with not only my own films, uh, but also as I help other people tap into their crowd and find, you know, the best strategies for audience building and raising funds for their own films. This is the secret, isn't it? Tap into your (laughs) crowd, right? Uh, Yes, exactly. So this is a community story, the Baytown, and uh, acid test was also, you set up, you found your community around acid test. So uh, did you then nurture that community with updates and keeping in touch with them even when you weren't asking for money? Yes, absolutely. I really wanted to keep people involved. I think social media is a great way, it's a great tool to stay in touch with people uh, as well as sending email updates and things like that. Um, and so I think some of those tools are getting harder to use because they're trying to uh, avoid spam emails. And, you know, I understand we all get a million emails and things like that. But with the algorithms changing or the limitations placed on how many people you can direct message, it does become a little more challenging now to, to reach everybody. And, uh, there, you know, there certainly might be people that want to stay informed of what's happening, but somehow miss it with, uh, with all the 
postings that are happening every day. But I do think keeping people informed of, of what the what's happening with the film and what's going to happen next and how they can get involved and where they can see it or who they can talk to, I think making them active participants in the journey is a really fun thing. I enjoy it as an audience member myself. And yes. my other friends, yeah, make their films and staying in the know with what they're doing. And uh, so, it's, again, it's like you said, it's tapping into your crowd, I think, is a great tool that we have at our disposal. Well, uh, Jenny, what happens sometimes that people apply for the film grant and they don't win, but they continue to send me updates through the year, mm. and they will apply again the following year. And I love it, and they don't really expect me to answer them. I usually do. But the <laughs> point is they want to say, oh, we now have so-and-so. We attached a new this. If that happened, we got a, a grant. We got an award for our short film. And uh, and it keeps you connected to the filmmaker, but it's up to the filmmaker to do that because with the people that apply for the grants, I don't have the time to go research how they're doing. So I really love it when they do that. And I can understand if I and when I donate to films, I like just to know what's going on. With the film, uh, truly, I like to know every two months, where are you? What's mm-hmm. happening? Yeah, I think it's something, the relationship aspect of being an independent filmmaker with your audience, with the people who support you, with your friends and family, all of these things are are relationships to cultivate just like any kind of friendship. And I think there's, that was actually something that was difficult for me to learn when I was first entering the film world because I was used to, I started out as a writer and so I was used to kind of being on my own and, and dreaming up these stories by myself. And then the idea that I had to ask people for help or ask people (laughs) to work on my projects was very (laughs) difficult for me. I I didn't like it. I didn't want to call anybody. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to do any of that. And it was actually working in the documentary world that forced me to get over that because I had to call people up to set up interviews. And, you know, these are strangers that we are asking them to tell their life story and share intimate moments and hard, difficult things as well as triumphs in their life on camera. And you have to get over yourself pretty quickly when you don't want to make a phone call to set that up. I know. Yeah. So that really that really helped. And, and especially now that I have time, I mean, I've been doing this for over 20 years in one form or another. And it's, it's amazing how the relationships that I started in film school, the relationships that have developed along the way, they might not amount to anything in terms of something happening or, or some kind of usefulness uh, it, when you first meet somebody, but if you treat those people with respect and as 
members of your community and as as friends, as, you know, a relationship that you cultivate over the years because you in, enjoy this person and want to support what they're doing as well, who knows, uh, you know, five years, ten years down the road, something might happen. And that actually happened with, on acid test, a friend of mine from film school uh, who whose apartment I used for my thesis film for, for USC, uh, I had seen his name in the credits of Jojo Rabbit. Uh, he's a music editor and has had a really amazing career making, you know, working on these amazing films. And I had stayed in touch with him over the years. And I immediately texted him when I saw his name. His name is Paul Applegren in the in the credits, and I said, hey, I just saw you worked on Jojo Rabbit. It's an amazing film, and the music is especially such a huge part of that film. And he knew that I was working on Acid Test, and he said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to branch into co- composing. So if you're, if you're looking for a composer, let me know. And I was like, oh, well, great. why not? You know? And so he ended up yeah. composing the score to the feature film for Acid Test. So it was... Uh, Really wonderful. Yes, all your contacts are important. I I learned that from starting out, you know, running my business in a film business mm-hmm. all those years. That the people that I used to um, meet, they used to come by my apartment in New York, particularly when they the traffic was horrible. We'd play poker and then kill an hour or two to get on the freeway. And five or eight years later, they became the presidents of some of the top, like Maxell and some of the other major corporations. And mm-hmm. what? how nice to be able to get through all the malarkey and talk to the president of a corporation because you're old friends. And that's what happens in the film industry. We're, it's as if somebody showed me one night with peas on his plate. It's as if you're, you, you may be in this company today and move it around on the plate you're over here tomorrow, but you're not leaving the plate because we get in the industry and we stay there, most of us. And so you've got a friend for 20 years here. So it's up to you to nurture that friendship. Don't forget about it because it's who you know and I believe that's most important in our industry. Yeah, I agree, definitely. So for those who don't know how, who their audience is, can you give us a tip on identifying uh, your audience? Yeah, so I think first I, I look at it as like a reverse bullseye where you are in the center. So the people closest to you are your immediate easiest low-hanging fruit audience those are your friends and family and the people you know in your community uh, because they're going to support you just because they support you and they they're going to be interested in your film just because they know you personally but then the rest of it can be really specific to the film itself and I think that's that's one of the key elements is to really tap into who is the core audience for this film. And I think, you know, people often say, oh, well, anybody could like my film. Well, there is no way to market to anybody, even the big studios that spend 
you know, twice as much as their budget on uh, on films to market. Don't target everybody. You know, they have a target demographic that they're going for. And so I think that's key is to really think about who can you start with, who can then help spread the word. And so that really depends on the themes and the messages and the elements of the particular project that you're working on. So if every cast and crew member will have their own crowd that you can tap into, and some of them might have bigger names, so then there's more of a, a following there that you can tap into. Uh, if there's a, uh, with acid test, you know, it took place in the 90s, so we were looking for people who grew up in the 90s or people who might be, you know, that nostalgia factor of 90s. We were also, it was a story, a coming-of-age story for teenagers, so we were also looking at modern-day teenagers and and tapping into those groups, but more specifically, teenagers who were interested in the punk and kind of feminist punk music scene, which was a, a big element to acid test. And so, for example, with Martha's Mustang now, it's also set in the 90s, but it's we're focusing more on people who are interested in, in car culture and car repair and junkyard art uh, and gardens and you know there's the, a mixture of the elements of what it takes to to make a car uh, or to, to repair a car to fix it up and the different paints and all the companies involved in making cars but then there's this more artistic factor of Martha refurbishing junk from the junkyard and so So I think taking those elements and then starting to do your research and seeing who are the people that are interested in telling or in in watching these kinds of stories. And so those are your target audience that you want to find when you're developing your project. And uh, also Martha's Mustang is a true story out of Texas. So we're looking at people who are interested in Texas stories and female-led stories. Um, things like that. And so I think I kind of create this like scatter shot or this kind of Venn diagram of, of different elements uh, of the film and start thinking about, okay, well, what are the different organizations or are there different Facebook groups or are there different hashtags or are there websites or journals or nonprofits or companies or individuals that might be interested in this kind of stuff, and then you start reaching out and trying to connect with them. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Talking about (laughs) hashtags, I'm learning from this gentleman I hired to help from the heart with marketing. And uh, we were just posting things on Instagram, Facebook, etc. And he said, oh, no, you're missing a lot of audience. You can go on ChatGPT, <clears throat> put your material in there, and ask, what are the ha- good hashtags? And you can post 20 hashtags for Instagram and two or three, I think it's two, for Facebook. So they all have their uh, totals. 
a maximum that you can post, but uh, and you need to know that and get your hashtags and get help. There is help online to get all the hashtags you need. And with ChatGPT, you can ask it things like uh, <laughs> Texas Women's Organizations, please give me a list, and it will do that. It's shocking. Wow. Yeah, it's the new technology is, is fascinating and uh, what it can do for you. I, I think it's hopefully will make things easier in some ways. Um, but, yeah, doing doing the research, trying to figure out what are the best ways to get this information. Um, and hashtags, there's also tagging people. You know, if there's, there's uh, you know, different people will do that as well um, to try and capture the attention of, of someone with a name or someone, you know, associated with it. So there, there are various ways of approaching it. And um, so I'm always learning something new, too. Isn't that the truth? It's always <laughs> learning. <clears throat> and I understand that. Chat GPT is full. They're not taking any more people, but Bard B A R D is open. I so anyone listening, you may want to get uh, online and start a Bard account while it's free and play with it and mm-hmm. see what because they're really good for titles or for uh, taking like the whole recording of an event and say, give me the highlights and the things I want to remember are this, this, and this, and you'll have it in two minutes. It's fascinating. Uh, but uh, let's stay with your films. I want to know how you got distribution for Acid Test. When we premiered at Austin Film Festival, it was, you know, it's a great second tier uh, festival. I, I love it. I, I go to it every year, especially being in Houston. It's close enough to get up to Austin. And it was, as a writer, director, I really was excited to have my film in, you know, more of this writing character-based uh, conference. And and that kind of put a, a little bit of a clock on the film um and so i got connected to a producer's rep uh named glenn reynolds who is with circus films and we decided to go for it and see see what kind of distribution we could get because there are you know there are various options you can essentially self-distribute by going through film hub or indie rights um, or, you know, even just putting it up on YouTube yourself. But then you're you're having to go out there and, and continue to fundraise or, or market to your audience and, and find your audience and let them know uh, where the film is. And so we wanted to see what our options could be. And, and um, Glenn was able to pitch the film at a bunch of different companies and we had a few different distribution offers. And it's interesting from the independent filmmaking standpoint, the COVID changed things a lot. The people didn't really know quite how, you know, what to do right now in terms of all the content that 
had either been delayed or hadn't really premiered properly because the festivals had gone online. And we were back in person, but certainly things are are still coming together. And with the strikes going on this past year, I think the industry has been trying to reorient itself. And independent films suffer a bit from that because they're you're you're not you know you're always competing with the larger studios and the the films with the well-known uh, actors in it and everything but we had a few different deals and we ended up going with giant pictures which is more of kind of a boutique distribution company and i really felt like they wanted the film it wasn't just kind of like the Walmart of distribution, it felt like they uh, really, uh, you know, it was very personal. It was a much more kind of personal relationship. And so uh, they were able to get a small streaming deal on the Fuse channel and put it up on various platforms. And uh, we've actually started making a profit. So that's always exciting. Um, Yes. Congratulations. difficult to do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's, uh, but also part of that was the fact that we had, we had From the Heart as our fiscal sponsor. It's a very different fundraising strategy because when you have donors through a fiscal sponsor, you don't have any investors to pay back. And we didn't have any investors in addition to the donors. We just, did fiscal sponsorship, um, and so so that that really changes the financial makeup of the film, um, and allows for you know profit to be a little bit easier uh, to come by. Wonderful, yes. Thank you very much for that. It was a lot of fun to see you raise that <laughs> money. Total dedication is what it takes. Well. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think are the best things you learned from uh, acid tests that you can use for Mother's Mustang? Right now, I think the best thing that I've learned is is patience. But I'm not sure I would have... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I would have learned it without acid tests. I didn't exactly feel patient with acid tests. Um, and so I... I think having made acid tests and and gotten it through the film festivals and gotten a distribution uh, plan, now I feel a sense of accomplishment that I didn't have before I made my first feature film. So that really changes everything. Um, I, I keep on thinking about it it reminds me so much of childbirth, honestly, um, <laughs> which I've experienced a couple of times. And it, it there there really is a before and after when you go through when you make some of these these big kind of transition changes in your career and and make something that is scary or you've never done it before and you just kind of have to get to the other side of it. And so now I have patience for trying to make Martha's Mustang 
a bigger project than acid test, trying to see if we can get a name actor involved, trying to raise more money than uh, I raised with acid test, um, trying to get investors on board. I have a lot more patience for, for that than I did with acid test. And the film itself, Martha's Mustang, is a bigger project. I wrote it in a bigger way with this in mind. So it would, it would be more challenging in a way to make it as small as we made Acid Test. Um, but I feel ready for it, and I feel excited about it, and people seem to be responding to it. it it's a much broader in its appeal uh, in terms of the audience base and everything. And so I think it's, uh, you know, it has a lot of potential there. But I don't think I would have had that patience uh, without having had that feature film already under my belt. Right. And and your confidence is the key, right? right? It's Henry Ford again. If you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. And then yeah. that's it in a nutshell. So you think you can do it, you can do it. You have to feel that way. But I understand you do mentor filmmakers. And I yes. would say that <laughs> that would be a great benefit for a lot of uh, filmmakers who are making their first or second doc or feature. It's really important to have someone to talk to because life gets in the way. I know that from working with filmmakers. They start out, they're all set to go, and a family member gets sick. They have to stop their job and take care of that person, but they can't give up the film because they are the film, you know. So having a support system is really important. Uh, And I would assume that you, by now, with your uh, crew and people you've attached to Martha's Mustang, that you do have a support system for you to work with, right? Yes, it's getting there. It's still still somewhat early days. We're we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, different partnerships and different directions. I think for me, the support system does come down to family and friends and you know I have kids and a husband that help out and uh, you know we we manage a lot of things together and as a team in the same way that you do on a film set and then they're tapping into those relationships that we were talking about earlier uh, the the friends that I've made, other producers, other actors, other filmmakers, and asking them for advice and asking them to extend their resources or to share their experiences to see what might be a good fit for Martha's Mustang. Those are all things that uh, that I definitely have more confidence in and uh, you know have built over the years. And I think that that's something that as a mentor to other filmmakers, and I also teach film at Houston Community College, it's something that I try and teach to my students as well to, again, tap into their crowd, but also to know that it's okay 
to be where they're at, you know, that, that they don't necessarily, if they don't have the crowd to make a million dollar movie, that's okay. Because I look at it as stepping stones to getting to something bigger. You don't necessarily start off with a $10 million film or something, you know? And so uh, to me, it's about making the work and making whatever kind of work that you can with the resources that you can, and then using that to build to something else or to the next project that might be a little bit bigger. And I've seen that work really well for filmmakers that I admire um, that are independent filmmakers as well, building their career and until all of a sudden now they're making studio films or something bigger. And so I, I try and model that for my students um, and, and just remember that, that I am a success story for them. And then I'm also still ambitious and looking to, to push myself or do something bigger uh, and so we're all kind of in various places on that journey. And I think exactly. to, to be okay with, with where you're at, I think, is important. Oh, good advice. Right. Well, let's go back to your, your wish list to get an actor, a name actor. Um, I would think, from listening to Tom Malloy, actors love to work. And uh, you have a, a probably a really great actress part and that's not uh, easy to find for women right you have a, what age woman is uh, martha in your film yeah so martha is in her early 40s and uh she is a you know spitfire of a woman who owns her auto body shop so she's uh used to wrangling um, men, since it's a male-dominated industry, she's she's the boss. And uh, but because it is a male-dominated industry, or people, even clients, don't really expect women to be the one writing the estimates on their car repair. She faces a lot of prejudice and uh, and you know sexism and and everything. And then she's also refurbishing this junk and, and turning it into art and she's kind of has this hippie streak to her and I do think it is going to be a really attractive role um, it's a lot of fun and again with Martha still being alive she's she's a character I mean she's a great woman and a lot of fun to talk to and and in, you know involved in the development of this project and so uh, you know she's a, a resource for them to to use and so I uh, you know it's an interesting time coming off the strikes because on one hand everybody has been uh, you know they haven't been working so I know people are eager to work on the other hand like I said earlier, as an independent film, we're now competing with everybody trying to get back into production, you know? And so I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is how to cut through the noise, uh, which is always a challenge as an independent filmmaker. It's just, I think, even more so because of of the current circumstances. 
And that's just the way the industry is. And so I'm planning to not film unless something radically changes. I'm planning to shoot in 2025 to give some time for all of this hoopla to hopefully die down a bit and, and hopefully, but have those conversations now to try and secure something um, given the, the way I'm anticipating the timing to be. But uh, again, we'll, we'll see how it all goes. <laughs> right. No, I think that's very smart to shoot in 2025 it's patience again you you're being very realistic because uh we went online to look on on the sag page you know they list who's been who get who was given a contract during the strike of 33 pages single space (laughs) all right so everybody is the answer everybody made a deal to shoot during the strike so it's like uh it's the they're off and running, you know, uh, and but you've got a good. It sounds like a Jodie Foster part for Martha, <laughs> and you won't have trouble uh, finding someone. I think I'd start at the top. I'd go after some of the top stars. Yeah, I think that's the uh, when I was at Austin Film uh, Film Festival this past uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Laura, Laura Shula Donner was there, um, you know, major producer of, you know, the X-Men films and You've Got Mail and uh, Deadpool and all this stuff. And, and I asked her, I said, you know, what advice do you have for indies? And she said the same thing. She said, just shoot for the top. You don't, you don't really know how far your reach is. And, you know, I think there's some saying that, like, you you miss every punch you don't take or something like that you know it's like you it's like if you are pulling your own punches you only have yourself to blame so I think you do have to at least try it's scary and terrifying and you're putting yourself out there and it and it might not work out but if you are your own gatekeeper that's I think a a non-starter you just you have to give yourself that opportunity to to go for it exactly yeah, that goes back to the old Indian prayer, give me uh, strength, not that I will use it against my enemy, but that I may overcome my greatest enemy, which is myself, right? Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, there are so many great groups now, the, like the Actors Group in L.A. That's a, I know some of the top stars are part of that group because – Actors like to be working on parts uh, and trying out and going for stage. And uh, so you'll find someone. You, you just have to know it and believe it. And if you were working ahead to twenty to next year, uh, at two years from now, you definitely would have a green light uh, easier. And um, so tell me about raising financing for investment. Have you created a deck with comparable films, or what are you doing in that respect? Yeah, well, I really appreciated taking the intentional filmmaking class with From the Heart uh, this past spring, which really helped put a pitch deck together, a business plan uh, with Tom Malloy, and getting those comparables. It was definitely eye-opening, and 
you know, was really helpful in terms of understanding what those um, financial burdens are like when you have investors. Since I didn't have investors for asset tests, this is definitely a new realm for me. Uh, we're starting out with fiscal sponsorship right now to get the uh, to try and get that name actor and, and to start out in or to package the film. I, in terms of understanding my crowd, I knew that my crowd was going to be more open to donating at this early stage as opposed to being early investors uh, in the development phase. And so that was a choice that I made to start out with from the heart as fiscal sponsor, but then once we get that actor or that packaging uh, put together with uh, some named talent, then we will look to investors to come on board. Um, and so I have the materials together. And as I mentioned, we, we're talking to a few different producers and people who might be able to bring resources on board um, now and so um so we're we're trying to put that um all together but it's you know if with with name actors i mean it's going to be a you know three million dollar film or something and so or you know it could be more it could be uh <laughs> and so we're trying to you know it's a much bigger ask than what i did with acid test and so i like I said before, I have to be patient and I have to just keep putting myself out there and keep tapping into my crowd and, and seeing what uh, what we can put together. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, I, I know a guy who was doing a feature and his budget was $6 million And then he said, no, it's 4 now. What <laughs> What happened? And he said, because... I have learned there are new electronic ways that you don't have to have the star for as many days because you mm -hmm. can use over-the-shoulder and back shots um, that electronically that you can capture while you've got them on set. So he said, I cut my shooting days with my actors down by a, a large percentage and knocked off a lot of uh, my budget through the new electronics. Uh, so that may be a benefit to you, too. The, every month that goes by, things like AI is coming on so fast that it seems to double capabilities in short uh, amount of time. So that might be beneficial. Yeah, definitely tapping into that. Uh, I think one of the things that I've been thinking about, too, is since it's based on a true story and especially part of the aesthetic of Martha's Mustang is having these documentary inserts, these kind of documentary style uh, interviews with the characters as kind of comedic uh, asides. And you've seen it in films like um, When Harry Met Sally or uh, Bernie, uh, I, Tanya, things like that. It's, it's in that, kind of vain and so because of that in and in, in trying to think about ways to potentially speed up our production while still maintaining the aesthetic of the film 
I was thinking about tapping into my documentary roots and potentially shooting it with two cameras um, or, or some kind of multicam situation where we could get more coverage uh, at, you know, concurrently at the same time. And that was something that we did in acid test as well. We shot our concert scenes uh, multicam and they were live. They were live concerts um, that we shot for the film. And I, I think that there's something, I, I really like tapping into that, experience that I have as a with documentaries and uh, it's something that gives I, I think a more authentic feel to the film but that yeah is trying a, to get creative a, about shooting yeah is important yeah that's a really specific talent that's a very important talent you have and you know who else does that kind of work is in our producer class is Carol Williamson you um, keep her in mind because she's <laughs> over there in South Carolina, not far from you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I know. I remember listening to her. Oh, she's so smart. Uh, now, let's get into um, crowdfunding. And I know that you've worked with uh, some of the filmmakers that From the Heart uh, has sent you, and they've been very pleased. So tell us how that works. Yeah, it's interesting working with other people uh, as a kind of crowdfunding consultant because what I've learned is is one of the hardest things to uh, to to get people to understand is that they need to tap into their own crowd and the fact that I have a crowd that has helped me with my film won't necessarily translate to their project because their project might be a, a totally different kind of genre or a different kind of story. And they're a diff, they're not me. They're a different person. And so they need to tap into their crowd. And that has been an interesting challenge with uh, with some of these people uh, that have come on board. And it's, it's a challenge as a teacher as well um, because I think it's, I, I think one of the things, and I'm certainly guilty of this myself, as an up-and-coming filmmaker, when you go to conferences or when you, or festivals, when you hire consultants, when you take a film class, you're looking at people who are farther along on this filmmaking journey, some of them very accomplished, and you want them to help you. You know, you want to kind of get to where they are and you are listening to their advice, but there's often this goal of, well, if I can get this person to mentor me or if I can get them to help me, then I will somehow kind of jump the rungs of the ladder up to where they are. And it's one of the things that I've learned uh, over the course of Acid Test and doing the festival circuit with both the short film. And, the, uh, and I've heard other filmmakers say this, um, where I remember one time there was a panelist 
who was talking about networking and, and connecting with people. And somebody from the audience said, oh, well, you know, will you give us your email address or something? And she said, she said, you don't really want to network up. She was like, you know, it's certainly helpful or it's okay to network up. But she said, the people that you really want to connect with are the people in your peer group, you know, in your, that are kind of all in the same rung of the ladder with you. And I think Issa Rae has said the same thing as well, where you want to network laterally with the people uh, that are around your stage because you will all rise together as kind of a cohort in this industry. Uh, And if you help make each other's projects, then as one person hits a success point, they'll kind of bring you up with them. And so I think that's been really interesting as both a teacher and as a mentor to other filmmakers is trying to remind them, and sometimes I have to remind myself, that they are where they need to be and and not necessarily where I am, you know, um, and my son is a musician and his teacher had said something, his music teacher had said something a few years ago that really struck me where she said, as educators, we often teach to our own level. And that can be a really, that can be a disservice to your students because your students are are not at your level. You have to remember or you have to kind of tap into where your students are at and meet them at their level and then find ways to make it work where they're at. And so I think just as a small example, one of the toughest things in film schools is, uh, for example, a screenwriting class because we're always teaching feature length screenwriting and we're teaching this, you know, three act structure or the five sequences or however you want to break down feature screenwriting, but that kind of storytelling and the amount of time that you have to develop a character really only exists as a feature. Um, Television is a different uh, beast as well in terms of the amount of time you have to develop a character, but most of these people starting out are going to be making shorts, and you can't take a feature screenplay and try and tell it in five minutes and make it good. You know, it's just going to be a big mess. So trying to find ways to teach at a useful level where your students are or where your, you know, where these mentees are is I think one of the the biggest challenges. Um, And, but it's also fun as well. It reminds me of, of possibilities too. And I'm always <laughs> going, Oh wait, I, that reminds me, I need to do this too. I'm constantly <laughs> fixing things in my own website or in my own, you know, after I've talked to a mentor, or, you know, taught a class or something. So it's, uh, it's all a feedback loop. <laughs> Isn't it right. And the teacher and the taught become the teaching. That's yeah. what I've yeah. learned. It's wonderful. Well, Jenny, oh, my gosh, you just gave us so much information. This is really kind of you. Tell us how people can reach you. 
So my website is JennyWaldo.com. That's J-E-N-N-Y-W-A-L-D-O.com. And most, uh, all of my, the projects that I'm working on are there, and you can contact me through the website. Uh, you can also watch Acid Test on various platforms. It's on Amazon and iTunes and Fuse if you have it. Uh, it's also free on Tubi. And you can check out our journey as well as the short film on acidtestfilm.com. And, uh, yeah, I've tried to be as transparent and educational as I can because I have definitely benefited from other people sharing their knowledge um, and their and just being generous with their information and details. So I, I try and give that back as I go through this journey as well because it's hard (laughs) it's definitely hard and it's constantly changing and uh you know some new thing happens and right as soon as you're ready to go a pandemic happens or a strike happens or something else happens and you know like you said (laughs) earlier life happens and yes so i think it's important to continue on because as artists at the end of the day whether we make money off of this or or I know that there's an industry and and the goal is to try and make this profitable and sustainable and those are larger questions but really at the end of the day it is an art and we are compelled to make art as artists, you know, as creatives, we can't not create. It is, it will go crazy without it. And so I think, you know, even when life is happening, you have to find ways to preserve that sense of, you know, cultivate the artist within you, because that's, that's an important part of enjoying your life or finding meaning in your life. And I think that that's, uh, you know, that's not something that we should feel bad about when we're asking for help because it's, um, you know, it's not just for us, but we're trying to create something that other people will enjoy and find interesting or educational or they'll identify with something or or see their own story told in, in an interesting way. And I think there's, that's incredibly powerful. And, you know, when the pandemic happened, everybody sat around and, and watched movies and television show. And, and there's, there's such value to it that, uh, you know, I, I think just trying to find a way to keep going, even when things are difficult is, is, you know, I think the, the thing that I've learned over the years is just keep going. Keep going. That is the best thing. And cultivate the artists within you. Jenny, thank you so much for a lovely interview. We, Claire and I really thank you. Great information. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's been a joy. And I'll look forward to helping you on your Martha's Mustang feature. We're going to have a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye now. All right. Thank you, Bye. Claire. Bye. Be well, everyone.
Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.